Hey, it's the Good Advice Show, and if you've been thinking about how to grow your business, you've come to the right place. This is the number one resource if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, startup founder, maybe you're a manager thinking about how do I run my business better, this is the place, and I promise you, if you're tuning in today, you're going to get some actionable, practical advice for your business. No fluff, no theory, the stuff that simply works. It's all on today's show. And also, if you enjoyed today's show, don't forget you can check out our podcast where we put every show over 300 episodes. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's just called The Good Advice Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Again, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can check out a treasure trove of awesome content there. Now, if you're listening to us on the radio or if you are tuning in to our live show on YouTube, just want to tell you, hey, welcome. Welcome to the Good Advice Tribe, and thanks for listening today. Before we get into today's content, we got a quick word from one of our sponsors coming to you right now. Hey, are you tired of all the paperwork that you're doing in your landscaping business? Then I got to tell you about what Steve Lay is doing over at bookkeepingforlandscaping.com. He wants to take the mess out of your business and more importantly, get you back to focusing on what you care most about, which is all your awesome, amazing landscaping customers. If you've been staying up till 11 o'clock at night working on your books, covered up in paperwork, then you want to give Steve a call who can help simplify your books so that you can focus on actually running your business. Again, you can find out more at bookkeepingforlandscaping.com. That's today's sponsor. Enjoy the show. We're going to be talking today about really what matters to every business owner out there. It's not just money. It's not just sales. But really, how do you get more sales? How do you make more money for your business in a way that simply works? And more importantly, you don't have to sell your soul doing it. A lot of times I talk to different business owners who they want to grow their business. In fact, most business owners I talk to, they genuinely genuinely believe in the product that they're selling. They really believe they have something valuable to offer. But they don't like the idea of being the used car salesperson. Uh, If you're like me, you have all sorts of spam that comes into your email. You have all sorts of spam that comes into your LinkedIn DMs. Uh, If you've listened to the show long-term, you know that um, I love LinkedIn. I I love uh, using LinkedIn. There's a lot of great stuff that's come to my business through LinkedIn. But one thing I hate about LinkedIn is the number of cold call DMs I get on a day-to-day basis. And we all know that kind of message that comes in. Now, what I will say is that some people are just totally overt with it. You know, they DM you and it's like the essay, right? And it's like, you know, it's probably copy paste, but they send you the essay and you're thinking, what the heck? Like, I don't want to read this. And more importantly, I don't give a rip about your business. I don't give a rip about all the amazing things you've done, all the amazing things that um, you're offering me. I just don't want to be sold to. In fact, a friend of mine, Brian Sexton, who's the author of the book, People Buy From People, also have his, has his own show called The Intentional Encourager. Great show, by the way. Great podcast, by the way. And something he talks about is people really don't like being sold to, and yet 
they love connecting with real authentic people. So like the essay message gets really tiresome, gets really exhausting. I also get really annoyed at the, um, like the fake authentic hello. Have you guys seen this? You know what I'm talking about? Where somebody sends you, uh, they send you like a message like, Hey, Blake, um, it's Sam, which sorry for our listeners named Sam today, but, uh, they say, Hey, it's Sam. How are you today? And like, in like their, in like their title of their business, it says like, um, you know, I help people who have radio shows or podcasts or, you know, and so you kind of already know what you're getting to. So someone might be like, Hey, or they might say like, curious, Blake, what kind of work do you do? I'd love, I would love to know more. Right. And you already know that if you, if you, it's like blood in the water. If you give the slightest inkling of a response, they're going to run with it and try to sell you. In fact, I know this is true because my inbox is full of messages from people where they say that initial, initial message that's like, hi, I'm really curious about your business. Looks like you're doing great stuff. Can I know more about you? Well, when you don't respond, or in my case, when I don't respond, Funny enough, what I always get back is after three days, four days, or five days, I get a second message from that person. That is the actual pitch. It's something like, hey, Blake, I know we haven't had a chance to connect yet, but did you know that I offer? And they send the essay. This kind of stuff is pretty bothersome. You've heard me say it a couple times. It gets pretty obnoxious. And no one really likes getting these messages. But on the same token, if you're a business owner, you've probably been thinking about this age-old question, how do I drive more revenue to my business? How do I make more money as a business owner? I don't want to sell in this way. I don't want to be a sleazeball. I don't want to, you know, really sell my soul like I mentioned earlier, and yet if you started a business, you did it because you really feel like it's something of value. It's something of worth. So how do you make these two worlds connect? Not wanting to be that slimy, skeezy salesperson, and yet still wanting to grow your business in a meaningful way. Well, I want to talk today about this concept of super fans. We're going to be talking about this throughout today's show. Who are your super fans? Are you building super fans for your business? In fact, as you're thinking about this next year, as you're thinking about big plans for your business, you know, whether it's, um, you always love like New Year's, for example, because we have like the big New Year's resolutions that a lot of us never really do or follow through with, but it does get people thinking legitimately about what major changes do I want to make for my business? So you probably at some point or another have had one of those moments of, I want to burn the ships and I want to, there's no going back and I want to just see what's possible or I want to totally turn my business upside down and really grow this thing. In fact, your business, in fact, this is a lot of my, my customers for my, the, my brand, my business, good advice. Uh, a lot of my customers um, started as like hobbyists, like they were doing something on the side and then it grew into something meaningful where now it's like their full-time gig. And that may be you, you may be, I mean, maybe you've been doing something as a side hustle and now you've realized, oh my gosh, I can actually make some pretty good money off of this. Well, wherever you are in your business, you know, maybe you're someone who you you feel like you've even plateaued 
And it's like, man, I don't really know how to make more money. I don't know really how to grow my business any more than I already have. Wherever you are, the answer probably lies in this concept of superfans. And this isn't actually a new concept. This isn't my concept. This is something that's been around for um, quite a few years. First came from a guy named Kevin Kelly, who wrote an article um, that was called like, oh, it was called 1000 True Fans. And if you haven't checked this out, what you need to do is you need to go to our podcast. We'll have it in the show notes of the podcast when this when this show gets reposted on there. But basically, it's an essay that he put out forever ago. And this thing really, I don't know how much momentum it built like as it began to circulate, but over the years, it has been the premise of quite a bit of content. Uh, quite a bit of books have been written about this essay. Um, this thing has really caught on fire in terms of the power of what it can do for your brand. So let's talk about this essay. What, what was he writing about? What are the 1000 true fans? And most importantly, why does it matter for your business? Now, again, hang with me in today's show. If you've been thinking about how do I grow my business? How do I make more money? And I want to do it in an honest, ethical, right way where, where my head hits the pillow, I feel proud and happy. Uh, hang with me because we're going to dive into this today. So basically what Kevin Kelly was talking about in this essay, he was doing the math on um, how many customers do you need in order to have a seven-figure business, which if you're newer to the entrepreneurial world, if you're newer to the business world, there is sort of like this understood number of clout is what I will call it which is hitting the seven-figure mark. I call it a number of clout because it is not by any means a number you ever have to hit, but for whatever reason, to be taken seriously in many ways, people want to know if you are a seven-figure business or not. Uh, it's a great selling point. It's a great advertising point. And so uh, because of that, and the reason, by the way, I said you don't have to hit it is because um, I've had customers in the past who they started a business getting paid $10 an hour, and now they run like a quarter of a million or half a million dollar businesses. That's life-changing money. Like if you were making 50K at some, you know, eight to five dead-end job, and now you're making a half a million dollars, this is life-changing money. Like you can totally transform the way you live your life and frankly, never go back to whatever you had to do before. So um, that's my disclaimer is that you don't ever have to hit seven figures. But the premise of his article was... Um, to hit seven figures, here's how many customers you have to acquire to make that happen. And there was something interesting about this. Like if you were to think about your business, how many customers would you need to make a million dollars? The answer is not a million customers or a hundred thousand customers. It's not even 10,000 customers. The math that Kevin Kelly figured out is that you only need 1,000 customers. And it's not just 1,000 customers, it's 1,000 true fans. 
With our Good Advice brand, we've called this building your 1,000 raving fans, your screaming raving fans. Uh, people have published books where they've taken other terms about this. Um, super fans is another example. It's the premise of our show today. And I want to talk about this because this concept, when you begin to understand it, it is, it, it, it's naturally intuitive, but so few people are actually doing it. Okay. So understand something here. When we talk about your 1000 true fans, when we talk about a fan of your business, we're not talking about someone who buys from you once and then moves on. We're not talking about someone who sees your product or service as mundane or average. And the takeaway from this isn't, hey, yeah, go have a product that's just outstanding because we're often our biggest liars to ourselves. I mean, I remember there was a guy who was selling journals and he was showing me the journals and was sort of pitching them to me being like, yeah, aren't they great? And I said, well, why, why, why would someone buy this journal over like your main competitor's journal? And he was like, well, they're better. And I was like, well, how are they better? And he's like, they just are like the quality's better. This is better. And I was like, yeah, but if your customers don't realize that, like, I know you think it's better, but if your customers and if their experience isn't better, then they're not going to think that. Right. So understand something for a second here. When we talk about building your raving fans, your super fans, your tribe of people who are ravenous about your brand, we're talking about people who not only just buy again and again and again, but also who are your biggest advertisers for your business. Word of mouth, despite the fact that we live in an incredibly digital age, word of mouth has never been stronger. The power of the referral has never been more powerful. And so for someone to not just like your product, but to post about it on social media, and it's an authentic post, it's not a post that you paid them to post, they're authentically posting it because they love the experience they had with you. You know, for someone to share something like that, for someone to be at a dinner party or a family get together or a gathering of friends and someone says, Hey, what should I do with? And that person obnoxiously, you know, blurts out, Oh, well, you have to, you have to buy this. In fact, uh, I actually forgot about this. When I was younger, I was a server at Chewy's, uh, which if you've never been to a Chewy's, it's a Mexican restaurant or Tex-Mex restaurant. And, uh, this was like a dream job for me. I loved working here. The food was amazing. One of the things I loved about the food was, uh, by the way, this episode is not spot. This, the show is not sponsored by Chewy's. Maybe it should though. Maybe I should call them. But one thing I loved about Chewy's was a few things. One, all the food was made to order. So nothing was ever frozen ever, ever. Um, and everything was always made the day of. Um, the second thing I loved about it was they had a walk-in refrigerator with all fresh ingredients. So like you don't get like a pre-packaged bag of lettuce. Uh, everything is literally made right there, right? So I love that. The third thing that I loved was anytime a mistake happened, pretty much no questions asked, the the manager would always comp the food of the customer. In fact, I remember a time there was a customer. So where I live, there's like this big concert venue behind Chewy's. 
And so there, there will be people who come to Chewy's before they go, you're going to come eat, maybe get a margarita, what have you. And then they're going to go watch the show at the concert. Well, so what happened was, uh, there was a family that came to eat and, uh, it was like a husband, a wife and like two kids and they ordered their meal food comes out. And as I'm putting the food on the table, uh, one of, I think it was the husband was like, Oh my gosh. Hey, um, I realized I left our tickets at home for this venue. We're going to after like I left my concert tickets. So, um, can you take this back and like put it under like a heater or something? And, um, I'll be back in about 15 minutes. I'll eat it. And then we'll go to the concert venue. And it's like within walking distance. Uh, the venue is not his house. I don't know where he lived. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So I take the food back. I take it over to like the, um, the heating area, like the resting area before the food goes out to the table. And our GM was like, Hey, what's, what's up? What are you doing? And I was like, well, Hey, and I explained the situation to him. You know, I'm like this customer, they have to go get their tickets. Yada, yada. They asked me just to leave it here. Is that, a, is this a, okay? Is there like a better spot? And he basically says two things. He says, one, uh, go ahead and put it in the back for, you know, the employees can eat it Two, let me know when he gets back and we're going to make him a new one, which kind of threw me for a second. Cause I was like, uh, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, he said, he'll be back in about 10 minutes. So, um, like why would we make a new one? And the GM said, it's important to me that he eats his food hot and fresh. So, Let's have that go to the back for the cut for the employees to eat. And when he gets back, let me know. And we will make it fresh for him. That right there was someone who understood the customer experience. They understood the value of turning an average customer into a lifelong fan. And in fact, working there, I think I worked there over a couple of years Working there, we had people who traveled up to an hour away just to eat at this store because of the experience that they had. So when we talk about your raving fans, your true fans, your super fans, there's more to it than just, um, I don't know. I, I feel like we over, we like, I think if I was to ask our listeners to the show today, you know, are you building your your super fans for your business. I think most people would say, yes, of course. Like, I think if I asked people, Hey, are you providing a truly unique, valuable experience? I think many people would say, yes, I am. However, of those people, very few are actually creating a meaningful experience. Very few of them are actually creating something that transforms the average customer into a lifelong fan of your business. Here's what I mean by this. Sometimes when we talk about this topic, what people respond with is, oh, right, you're talking about customer service. Oh, right. Yes, I, I deliver great customer service. And customer service, it's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the word authentic, like the number of people who say, Oh, I'm just so authentic. Oh, it's, you know, I just love being authentic, but I mean, do you know how overused that word is? Like how many people are saying how authentic they are. And then you finally come across someone who actually is genuine and authentic. And you're like, aha, this person actually is authentic, but we love to say how authentic we are. 
right? The same thing's true for customer service in business. We all love to talk about, oh, I give great customer service. In fact, it's it's actually one of the most commonly answered responses that I get when I ask, why would someone buy from you versus one of your competitors? One of the most common responses I get is, oh, well, we give great customer service. And I think about this for a second. I think about how many places have I had a truly memorable, life-altering experience? Like how many businesses have I had an amazing experience with? I can think of, you know, out of hundreds, maybe thousands of businesses that I've interacted with over the course of my life, um, I can think of maybe five experiences that were that were just incredible. Like, wow, how can I be... Can I, can you hire me to be your hype man? Because I am going all in on this brand. Uh, and similarly, I could think of probably three or four that I would never, ever, 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 ever do business with again. And from the moment of the offense, I said, I will never do business with you again. And years later, uh, I still have not. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, and that's, that's people you, you, you interact with your customers. They're going to either be, someone who hates your brand, they're going to be someone who they're like, yeah, that was fine. Or they are going to be someone who adores your brand, who loves your brand. So we don't have much time left in the show. Let's talk about how do you actually create these super fans? The first thing you got to do is you have to be intentional on the customer experience. It's all about elevating the customer experience to provide an experience that someone gets from buying you that they don't get elsewhere. So here's an example of where this gets messed up. I knew a customer who, a customer of mine who um, would sell people on a service and the service would not be delivered until 30 days later. And between the purchasing of the service and getting the services delivered, that 30-day gap, his customers would hear nothing from him. So imagine you're a customer, you spend $1,000 on a product, it's supposed to be delivered in a month, but you don't know that. In fact, you swipe your card and you hear nothing. Now, this person I was working with wasn't intending to excuse me, come across as sleazy or I got your money and I ran, but he had so many other things that he was dealing with that he just, he hadn't put his time and effort into it. So it's not just about responsiveness. Um, it's also about um, under promising and over delivering, which some people, I'll just be honest, they're so desperate for the sale that they start to loop in all the outcomes, all the perks. And then what ends up happening is someone's expectations are now so high that it becomes incredibly difficult to make them a lifelong fan. And then the most important thing, guys, it's it's simply understanding the concept of being intentional. Like, let's tie this back in with my remark on being authentic. There was a guy who was... Um, we were talking about how he could stand out in his insurance agency business. He's like, what do I need to do? How, how can I stand out? Like, I feel like I'm in this business that is so mundane. Um, people swap insurance companies all the time. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's incredibly mundane. Um, you know, people are often looking for the cheapest cost. Uh, here's how you can stand out. People only hear from their insurance agents one time a year. And it's the time that the current contract is up and it's time to re-up for the next year. 
So the way you stand out is you need to be, you need to be giving your customers handwritten letters, not the stuff that comes in the mail, you know, like the pre-printed birthday card you get with like, even the, the signature is like stamped on there. Like go get an actual card, buy it from Walmart, write the person's name in it and write an actual card. Thank you for your business this year. I tell this person to do this. We connect a little bit later. Hey, did you ever send those cards? Man, no, I just didn't have time for it. See, therein lies the problem is we think that super fans, like we're such a culture that is so interested in the biggest outcome from the smallest amount of effort. And it's just not how it works. A great marriage isn't built from the most minimum amount of interactions with your spouse. Great friendships aren't built the same way. And your customers who doesn't matter if they're ever your friend, doesn't matter if you ever have a personal relationship with them or not, but your customers will never buy from you a second time if they feel transactional. And worst of all, it's not just about them feeling transactional. It's about how they view your brand. And I'll go ahead and tell you what you charge is directly tied to how people see the product that you offer. People who come on the show, I uh, have people on the show all time, uh, several times a year. In fact, we have um, probably about maybe about 60, 70, 80 guests on the show per year. Um, everyone always gets a handwritten card from me at the end of the year that says, Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for talking about this. It made a big difference, and I so appreciate it. So, Having said that, we're out of time today. If you want to catch more about this topic, you got to shoot me an email, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. You can also follow me on pretty much every social media platform. Even though I ranted and raved about LinkedIn, I'm most active there. It's linkedin.com slash Blake Benz. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much everywhere you listen to stuff. And don't forget, if you love today's episode, you got to check out the podcast, 300 plus episodes to try treasure trove of content. You listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts, just look up the Good Advice Podcasts. Having said that, thanks for tuning in today. We'll catch you later. Have a great week.